Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Sports Communities Doing Sport Differently podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Pallas, founder and CEO of Sports Community, and today we're chatting with Spiro Espositos, Maidstone Tennis Club's club secretary, about the role that he played in attracting new participants to the club using Tennis Australia's Get Your Racket On campaign. So prior to the interruption of COVID for the Maidstone Tennis Club in in 2020, they were looking for a way to maximise the usage of their courts and the Get Your Racket On campaign created by Tennis Australia fitted the needs of the club perfectly. This is just a wonderful example where clubs don't need to reinvent the wheel. They can use the programs that have been developed by their state and the national peak body. So specifically about the Get Your Racket On campaign, it was designed to bring people back to the sport of tennis by encouraging them to book an open court session which have, and a social activity that just happened to involve tennis. Open court sessions throw the traditions of tennis out the door. They include music to keep participants moving, fun tennis activities, as well as off-the-court socialising with food and drinks. Equipment is available to all participants, so they don't need to worry about finding a racket or even someone else to have a hit with. Spiros shares, shares his experience in rolling out the program, the highs, the lows, and how introducing a new social format actually changed the culture and the, the positive um, feelings within the club. So before we get into the interview with Spiro, I'd really like to do what I do every single week, and that's really thank and acknowledge our partnership with Vic Health, and really, really thank them for the opportunity to share the stories and successes of sports clubs and organisations who are doing sport differently. Vic Health and Latrobe University Centre for Sport and Recreation, Sport and Social Impact have drawn on years of experience to develop six key principles, which they call their doing sport differently principles that help guide the design and delivery of sports-based programs for people who are less active or not currently participating in sports clubs. So each week, these doing sport differently podcasts really highlight how these principles, how these strategies can be applied by sports clubs with amazing results. And it's not a lot of work because so much of the work, so much of the learning has been done by your peak sports bodies, your state body, your national body. So stick around and hear my takeaways at the end of the interview. But for now, let's dive straight into my interview with Spiro Espositos, club secretary at Maidstone Tennis Club. introducing a new participation program into the into the Maidstone Tennis Club. What did your club do? And and I guess, why did it go down that path? Well, we're just looking at some um, activities that could help, you know, to broaden the, the base of the club. And also the fact that we're in a, I guess, in a diverse community setting anyway. Yep. In, a, in a Western suburb, there's just a melting pot of different, um, yep. different cultures, you know, people from various backgrounds. And we just... We had a good facility that we wanted to take advantage of so that we could draw people in to actually play sport, play you know, physical activity, just get them, you know, off the computers, off the TVs and 
just get out and do some sort of a, um, a healthy activity, which so I'm, did you I'm put, did <laughs> you probably <laughs> have one or two nationalities kind of uh, being represented in your in your membership base? Is that how you kind of? Oh, just, I think it's just general. I mean, we just yeah, we've got our background, our membership background is diverse in any case, so it wasn't very yeah, hard okay. to do that. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, what did you what did you uh, as a club decide to do, and and how did you do that? Well, obviously, I so said we're, we're looking for any sort of um, activity that could help promote the club and as they get people on board. And uh, Tennis Victoria ha um, had an initiative uh, that they were going to kick off or well, kick off last year. Yeah, it was back in the last year um, called the uh, you know, Get Your Racket On program. And we thought that would be a good opportunity for our club, you know, to get people in. And, and that activity, it didn't rely on people having any, uh, you know, predetermined skills at, at tennis. You know, it didn't matter what level it was, if you've never played before, or if you had played before and uh, you don't want to get back into it. This was a, we thought this was a perfect initiative that, you know, Tennis Victoria had, uh, had implemented. We thought we were happy to come on board with that. Um, yeah, and use that yeah. to get people to come in and use that facility. Yeah, yeah. And, and lots of clubs don't realise that their peak sporting body, body, whatever their sport, has got lots of different, I guess what we're calling, would be called sports products, to not just the yeah. traditional competition format of the sport that we've always been used to. And, and I think, so how did you learn about the Get Your Racket On program? Was it through, did you go, well, we've got a problem, What are, what's there available to help us? Or did, did Tennis Vic and Tennis Australia kind of promote it to you? Yes, that was the latter, yeah, more the latter. I mean, obviously we have our own um, social night, which we had on a, a midweek, the yep. night, Tuesday night or Thursday night, depending on what night was available for members or, or anyone really, or um, competitions that we may have had. And um, yeah, our uh, participation leader from Tennis Victoria, uh, Jess, I'll just give her a shout out. She's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, of course. She's fantastic. Um, she's helped us no end. And, yeah, and people from Tennis Victoria generally are very helpful. Um, and yeah, as I said, they launched this new product or new initiative. But as I mentioned, you know, anyone could play. Yeah, it didn't matter. And I thought, well, this could dump, dovetail nicely into what our social night was. We could sort of expand it. Yeah. So we could run it potentially on the same day. So people could come along, play the, well, get involved with the Get Your Racket On program. Yeah. Uh, and if they liked what they saw and how they were involved, they might stick around for the rest of the night when the members rock up and just have a social hit. Yep. And we sort of thought we could build, build our social night around that. Well, fan fantastic. I mean, you just highlighted another thing that clubs are really surprised about often is they don't realise the amount of support that their peak body, uh, sorry, the amount of support their peak body can oh. give them when they're, they're looking to do, in, well, it's, it's really to do anything, introduce new programs, facility grants, whatever. It's, it's, it's one of the hidden untapped resources for clubs is, the, is peak bodies have got staff there that that's their job to help them. Yeah, and you're absolutely correct, Steve. There's no doubt that the resources that, well, in our case, Tennis Victoria. Yeah. If they always then always say, you know, if you've got any issues or we want support for anything, just contact us and we're more 
you know, they're very willing to help and I find they do. And, you know, with any other um, help that we might want, uh, like having some sort of an online booking system, yeah. uh, might help us try and make a bit more seamless in getting people to, you know, book a court or, you know, make some inquiries, you know, for a membership or just competition or whatever, coaching, whatever the case may be. Yeah. They've got it all. Yeah, lots of resources available. Absolutely, they do. Yeah, yeah, and and we come at the Sparrow. We come at the angle for volunteers of how do you make it as easy as possible. And one of the key things is how can your peak body help you with whatever it is, programs. What's your challenge? Talk to them. Same as council, and um, they're just staggered at how much support is around if you know who to ask for that for that help. So That's correct. the get get your racket on program, which was created by Tennis Australia, lots of research, lots of background in it. So they've done all the work. Just tell us a yep. little bit about what the program was, and what were the activities that you got the people that had never played tennis before. What were they doing, and why was it attractive for them to come down? Well, what they did, they implemented um, sort of modified tennis activities, if you like. Yep. Um, yep. So they would provide all the equipment that was uh, necessary, you know, yep. for the program. So you know, we just, well, we actually, we didn't have to provide anything except get for the courts themselves, pretty much. Yep. And they provide all the equipment, you know, modify small, medium rackets based on different sizes, of course, different type balls and small nets, you know, cones, markers, uh, you know, all sorts of things. Plus, we went through a like an induction or a training program before the the program started you know beforehand so we had some training we had some you know meetings to discuss uh, some of the philosophy behind it and uh, once we had that training uh, it was on but yeah of course all throughout that assistance was you know just at a very close close at hand you know if we needed yeah. any help and basically but still we didn't have to follow the strict guidelines of how to implement it so yep. they say this is the way these games are, are based but, you know, there's obviously room there for flexibility based on who comes and, you know, if you need to modify any activity that was all, all so. So who did you target? Done. Who did you target? Like what sort of audience? Was it adults? Was it men, women, uh, the, the, or children? Yeah. Or what, what yeah. time did you run the program? Yeah, good question. Uh, it's actually aimed at adults. Yeah. Uh, because the, the aim is to try and get people, as I said initially, that may have played tennis in the past, but for some reason dropped it, you know, yep. myriad of myriad of reasons. People, you know, they grow up, they go off and do other things, they go to yep. school, they get married, they play other sports, they just can't be bothered, you know, everything. And it was mainly targeted at those people, just want to try and get them back in, back into enjoying tennis again. So yeah, it didn't matter yeah. what, what didn't matter what their standard is. And, and that's what these I'll just give you a little um, brochure that we've got <laughs> that we had. Yeah, cool. So as you can see, it's got a, a theme there, a bit of a fun activity. You know, obviously you don't have to be Roger Federer or uh, Serena Williams or Ishmael, I should say. <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, a bit of a hit and giggle, but those, there's different standards as well. So if someone was at a more advanced level, that obviously would have an activity for them that would suit them as well. So how and, of course, you know and of course, sorry, it would dovetail in with our social night after this activity yeah. would finish. And then if they wanted to play have a more serious hit, and would be able to facilitate that as well. Yeah, fantastic, and that's important. Yeah. And we'll, we'll we'll cover that off in the 
the, yeah. the principles of of what good program design. Um, right. at the end, how did you uh, how did you recruit these people? Well, we had we used uh, any means that we could have, so through social media, I guess. So we've got our Facebook page, we promoted on that. So again, there were some resources available uh, by Tennis Victoria, like the um, poster I just showed you. There was, you know, online versions of, of that sort of information. And we just promoted through that, through word of mouth, through through the school. We're, we're, our courts are located at a school, yeah. primary school. So we push it out that way. So through the, to the teachers, you know, parents. Um, yeah, it's the local community as well. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Karina, uh, we've just been uh, comments come through there. Spiro, ah. Karina from uh, offices. Oh. So just, oh, I'm not down the road from Mornington, but uh, not too far. Very oh, oh. interested in this as a fellow. Uh, Mornington's where I am, not where your club oh, is. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, very interested in as a fellow tennis club at, at Officer. Love the concept of get your racket on. So, Karina, thanks yep. for joining us. Any questions that you've got about this that you would like to ask, Bureau, just put them into the comments. Uh, for anyone else that's watching, welcome welcome to you as well. Put something into the yep. comments, even if it's just just to say hello. Um, what, what, how long did the program go? So when did, what time? Let's start with the logistics. What time of the yep. day or um, day yep. did you do it? If, if we um, indicated that it was going to run on Thursday nights Yes, from 7, 7 p.m. So effectively you'd have, uh, we think now, one hour on court roughly. Yep. One hour of ten, tennis activity, physical activity, uh, or various activities, not just one, but we'll yep. be rotating around various stations, if you like. And um, yep. and then after that, there, people would go in and have a bit of socialising in, in the clubhouse, some nibblies, some food and drink, and an opportunity just to socialise together and just have a just have a chinwag, basically, and try and get to know each other. So people How didn't know each other. I think that's very important because you get people on their own my think is i wouldn't mind having a crack at playing tennis but i don't know anyone you know yes. i don't know anyone else that plays tennis so ooh, it's a bit hard to play by yourself unless you've got a wall or something like that so yeah we've got a few people that came down initially and um complete strangers and to us of course as well to each other but they'd mingle pretty well and have a good you know good chat about anything it doesn't have to be tennis they talk about yeah anything. yeah it's just a matter of getting people together and fostering that sense of friendship and, you know, and, and community. So when they're socialising, you've then got the social tennis going on in the background and they're seeing it and we're yeah. feeling comfortable meeting the players as they're rolling in and out and that sort of thing as well? Absolutely. Exactly right. So it yeah. just, it's good. it just brings life to the club. We, we just wanted something to generate some life and activity. You know, I mean, if I go back historically to when we first started with it was just myself and John, our treasurer. I remember one day we were just sitting in the clubhouse on a, it was Tuesday night at, at the time. And we were just sitting, we had the, lock, the floodlights all turned on. We had to make it look like, you know, there's a tennis club here. And uh, we're just looking, staring out into the courts and there was no one around, you know, you could yeah. hear crickets. So it was thought, what are we doing? Are we wasting our time? You know, like, maybe it wasn't such a good idea to you know, take over the, the activities and try to run a club. but. Um, eventually things started to pick up yeah and, well um, now it's worthwhile we've got people you know being involved well I'll, I'll ask about the challenges in just a moment but karina asked sure, um, sure. did a coach or a club member run the tennis activities 
actually uh, a club member. So <laughs> it was myself and uh, John, our treasurer, and and Billy as well, our, pre our president. So yeah, volunteers that when Tennis Victoria set it up, they they said yes, it'd be ideally yes, you could have a tennis coach that could do it, but it's it's a bit of an imposition to have the club coaches being involved because they've got their own like programs and then mm. get them to stick around to do an additional one was probably a, a big ask. Yep. Uh, but they certainly but as I said we had we got the uh, instructions, you know, we got the coaching done like yeah, the, training. The, the training, yeah, they put us through. We went on court and we went ran through all the activities and, and they gave yeah. us a lot of information, a lot of handbooks and you know whatnot. So yeah, we just conducted them and as I said we just if we sort of forgot <laughs> You know, the step by step, we can improvise. Didn't matter. And so it didn't matter because people were having fun, and you know, no one knows what the format is. So, and it's all new to everyone. Well, so before, we, before I asked about the challenges, I was going to ask as as, oh, ten, yeah. as a just a volunteer, but not a coach. Oh, yes. How did you go? Did you enjoy? Did you enjoy that side of it? Doing that, bringing people. Oh in? yeah, it's enjoy. It's a little bit daunting, you know, trying to follow all those, trying to remember the instructions, but. Luckily, like John was able to help as well. So there was more than one of us. Yeah. So we would sort of help each other. You know, we'd, we'd, oh, you've got to do this activity now and this is how you do it. And as I said, it was a learning curve. Yeah. Um, but it was fun. And, and the people and the people that participate, they don't know exactly. They're just going to follow what you tell them. Yeah, and, yeah. And, we can, and you can modify it as you go along, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, so how many people hard. did you get to come to the sessions and how long did was the series for? Yeah, well, it was started... We're going to start in February. It did start in February. I'm just having a look at my dad's here again. We have 6th of Feb. So it was meant to start. Well, we decided to start it after the Australian Open. Of course. Take, makes take sense. advantage of, well, yep. people get excited. You know, tennis is on in our forefront of their minds. So they, yeah. um, we thought we'd take advantage of that. So Absolutely. that was good. I think we got, I think we wanted about eight people in the first session, which was you know, really good. Yep. You, you never know if anyone's going to turn up or not. Yeah, but, great. Um, so we got about yeah seven or eight I think from memory and uh, that was really good. And, so and that was about it, the average, yeah. So is it grown from that time, or that's just created a nice basis for to come? Move Great, forward? yes. Well, yeah, created a basis. It was going okay, but of course, um, in March we had to go to yeah we had to oh, pull the plug on it, yeah, because yep. yeah we couldn't um, yeah, well, so we couldn't do it. So yeah, what, we couldn't do any formal activity yeah. like that. So what challenges did you, I guess, encounter? Like when you first made the decision, we've got to, you know, you're gazing out over the floodlit courts oh, and looks beautiful. And, yeah. and from that moment on, what were the challenges that you encountered before you, to, through through this program, I guess, if any? Or, or bright, well, I guess you don't know what, um, like what you're going to charge. Yep. You know, I guess we've got to think of what's a, a reasonable price point um you know to be mindful of the, the demographic as well so you know what people can think is a reasonable price to participate yes. uh, that was a bit of a challenge but um i think at the end we basically threw open the gates <laughs> to get people on board yeah yeah pretty much. minimal minimal for yeah that. minimal yeah just made it some sort of a voluntary fee they want to pay just a, just a but the fact amount. that Tennis Australia had done um, a lot of the work, I guess, yeah. and Tennis Victoria in, in that implementation made it a lot easier for you to, to take advantage of, of the work that they'd done. Correct. That's right. 
So we, because we had the equipment already, hmm. uh, yeah, that was a bit of a no-brainer just to try. The main focus was just to get people on board, you know, to get bums on seats, as they say, and not yeah. worry too much about finances. Yeah, yeah, because that'll come later if you can get them staying in the club, for sure. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, that would be a byproduct, although it was um, highlighted, you know, we weren't, the idea is not to sort of spruik membership or anything like that. But that would just be a, a natural progression if anyone felt that they wanted to become a member or have or look at playing you know, more frequently. Mm -hmm. That was an option, but we, we certainly didn't um, didn't push that side of it. You know, it was completely left it up to the individual whether they wanted to come once or, or more often. It was up to them, no pressure at all, no pressure to uh, participate. I mean, you could come to the program and not play tennis. That was another option. You could just come and um, socialise, I guess, <laughs> with that uh, second part of the program. Cool, 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 cool. That's really cool. And how did it... Yeah. What would what? How did the people feel coming to the program? I think they were a bit upbeat. Yeah, very excited. Oh, that was we we felt buzz as well. Yeah, us it would lift us up, and we're that you know looking forward to it as well, and, and participating in the activities. You know, they're, they're, as I said, they're not strictly traditional tennis activities. Where yeah. you know you have you're having rallies and playing matches and that. It was sort of. Uh, you know, little games and activities, but you would still get a workout. That was a thing. You would still, you know, be puffing after it. You know, if you're running around, you might be playing on a little mini court with a sort of small soft ball and a smaller racket, but you still have to run and dive across and yeah, you know, get, the heart, get the heart pumping, you know, and I guess that was the thing. Well, and, and that's another thing that people don't, I mean, it's such a common experience. You're kind of thinking, will they even come? But what you yes. find is, the people were going, I think, you know, thankfully there's something now, something that I can do that I'm comfortable for that matches me, matches my, and the, the yes. enjoyment and the, as you called it the buzz is it's a common theme all the way through create opportunities for people that aren't normally participating and, and, and people, people respond really positively and really strongly. Yeah. And that's exactly right. And, um, we just found, I mean, funnily enough, uh, through the COVID, we had a lot more inquiries for people to play tennis, you know, to hire the courts and yeah, yeah. And I think because of the lack of other alternatives, mm. you know, tennis being a, an ideal social distancing sport. Yeah, yeah. So just picking up uh, before we uh, wrap up, I'm very conscious of, of your time, but uh, Karina's just got one last question. Uh, what equipment did you were you able to access through tennis tennis that program? Yeah, well, they they provide a whole suite of equipment so they were um as i said there were tennis rackets uh, different sizes you know mini rackets medium small um tennis balls different compressions you know soft not so soft uh, mini uh nets plus some um little cone things you know little markers to, to mark yep. out a little mini court uh they even gave us a, a boom box <laughs> you know so you could play you know pump like music through there so while you're doing these activities, there was music playing and everyone sort of having fun, and you know, we'd set up a little drink station as well. And people, you know, we, you, know, you play for ten minutes or whatever, have a break, have a drink, and then you rotate and then do something else. You know, it was quite, yeah, it was quite good. We're really getting into it just before the we had to pull the plug. Oh, that's great, and it's funny, isn't it? They give you a boombox where where two words that are synonymous with tennis, particularly in the Australian <laughs> Open, is 
quiet please um it's it's, um it's it's turns everything on its head and that's that's the the wonderful thing about these programs that are designed to bring people into our clubs and if we just uh if just uh, look at as we do after every one of the Vic Health Doing Sport Differently sessions, we kind of look at the the principles um, of sports participation and, and attracting new people to sport that have come out of the research from La Trobe University and Vic Health. And if we kind of when we when we're using the the programs created by the peak bodies, they've done a lot of work engaging the target and audience and thinking about what they want. And but as you said, Spiro, and then the designing the program that caters for the different skill levels, uh, but also creating that pathway. So you putting the program on before social the social tennis, which is um, a much better idea than putting it on before the competition tennis, because the step from entry level to social is not great and quite obvious. The step from entry level to competition would be daunting and not yes. likely to bring them back. Um, and so creating that 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 social side that brings them back for the social side, which we've we realize all the way through this doing sport differently series is so important. So again, the what what you've just described to us, and it's such a pity, isn't it, that COVID for the obvious reasons, but for the timing of your program, um, that it that it, it just came at the wrong time just to, as you're getting some real strong momentum. Yeah, that's correct, Steve. Yeah, we found we, we had, and we just getting some of the activities down pat and we we're just modifying them as well to cater for, you know, the different, you know, people that were participating. And you're right, it, it, it was looking pretty good there for a while, but anyway, it is what it is. And we'll hopefully we'll be able to kick it off again, um, you know, very soon. You know, well, and you also still got all the equipment. We've still got all the equipment, we're all ready to go. And you also know now that that people want you to do it. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly right. Yes. Yeah. We've had, as I said before, we've had some. Yeah, as I said, we've had inquiries even during the pandemic. You know, people wanted to get on and just yeah run around, do some exercise. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, social, tennis being you know the ultimate social tennis sport. Apart from yeah. Golf, maybe but uh, <laughs> you know you you're yeah. at one end of the court to another from the other person, so it's uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great, great sport, great exercise. Well, Spiro, thank you so much for sharing the story of the Maidstone Tennis Club. I look forward to to seeing how it goes post-COVID. And uh, uh, Karina, to you, thank you for your questions because uh, I had most of them, but uh, it's always good to get the questions from the clubs. So, Spiro, uh, thank you so much for your time. Thanks very much, Steve. Thanks, Karina, for your questions. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's it for another Sports Community Doing Sport Differently podcast. It's always so inspiring to hear about clubs like Maidstone Tennis Club who have embraced and introduced new social formats of their sport and created awesome results within their club. Of course, when we talk about introducing new formats, we don't mean at the expense of taking away the existing, the traditional, the competitive formats Rather, complementing them, bringing more people to your club and, and making it a lot more sustainable than potentially it otherwise would be. If you're a regular listener to our Doing Sport Differently podcast series, you'll know that social sport 
is less structured than traditional sport. It has fewer rules, more flexibility. It's really designed and delivered to have create fun, social connection, introduce the sport, introduce the skills of the sport, the, the etiquette of the sport, the language of the sport to people who may never, ever had even seen your sport previously. Social sport places its emphasis, fun, social interaction and enjoyment rather than performance results and competition. Typically, people that will join social sport competitions may move into performance results and comp competition later. But for now, what they just want to do is grow their confidence, grow their fun, grow their network of people. In respect to the open court sessions created by Tennis, Tennis Australia, they're just a perfect example of social sport. Everyone who's ever thought about returning or taking up tennis has been there. In one instance, you can't wait to get on the court. The next seems a bit hard. So you may never be able to hit the ball like Roger Federer or replicate Ash Barty's slice. But the fact that you don't own a racket, have the proper, proper tennis wear, don't know how to uh, book a court, don't have anyone to hit with, can no longer be a barrier or is no longer a barrier. To Get Your Racket On campaign was a brewing initiative by Tennis Australia and showed tennis in a light where it's cool not to be cool. It's made the game really accessible to beginners and people thinking about returning to the sport. For Maidstone Tennis Club, it was a new, fun, most of all, easy way of people to play tennis. To use Spiros' words, it brought life to the club and the main objective was getting people together and fostering that sense of friendship. From there becomes a sense of belonging to those people and the club. So a lot of the evidence that we've spoken about with the wonderful researchers that have appeared on the Doing Sport Differently podcast series really highlights the fact that for most adults, fun isn't always about competing and winning. It's about socialising developing our skills, developing our confidence. And particularly, there's a strong sense of satisfaction when we're developing those introductory skills. We're going from zero to being able to hit the ball back over the net, maybe get the first serve in for the first time. That's incredibly satisfying, incredibly fun for those people that have never done it before. And for those that have been playing tennis but competitively for a long period of time, we often forget those feelings and the and what lack of confidence does to us. So it's through this lens that clubs need to consider their participation options and, and really look to complement their competitive options with social options. Well, that's about all, all we have time for today. I really hope my discussion with Spiro has given you some inspiration and ideas to take back to your club. So if you're a club volunteer, you know a club volunteer, you're thinking about being a club volunteer, check out our website, sportscommunity.com.au, because we've got a thousand pages of resources there just all there waiting for you to make it easier for your club, to make it easier to volunteer at your club. So before I go, like 
Like I thank Big Health at the start of each podcast. At the end of each podcast, I thank the wonderful members of sports community. So if you would like to help support us to continue to create this awesome sort of resources for volunteers, then please consider becoming a sports community member today. So simply go to the website, www.sportscommunity.com.au, click on the membership tab, and we'd love for you to be part of, of our, our sports community. So until next time, I'm Steve Pallas. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you for being part of our sports community.